What is up, Sunbelt? Uncle Kubasa here, bringing you part one of your two-part 2017 draft recap. Today we're doing the first round, going through a lot of trades, a lot of big moves, and we're going to see who won that first round. So first overall, the Chargers took cornerback Aaron Rawls, kind of what everybody expected, ran that 4-3-6-40, uh, number one player on the board, number one player in the country, I know we all wanted him, no surprise he goes number one overall to the Chargers. At number two, the Redskins traded up with the Dolphins, take the second best player available, second best player overall, that's middle linebacker Femi Shelby. Fills a huge need for them at middle linebacker, and they were thrilled to come out of this draft with Femi Shelby. They also traded up to number three, uh, took wide receiver Latevin Darby. Kind of a surprise pick. They had a great wide receiver core before with Tyreek Hill, Martavis Bryant, Odell Beckham. But like they say, you can't teach speed. You ran a 4-3-6, uh, and he was the fastest wide receiver in the first three rounds, so... Uh, you got enough first round picks, you don't have to go for need, you can just take your best player available, and they love Latevin. Uh, number four, the Cardinals. Super Bowl champion, picking the top five. I thought they would take kind of their first choice of wide receiver, I don't know if it was Darby that they were hoping would follow them at number four, uh, but they get the third best player available, and middle linebacker Rayshon Suggs. Uh, not their biggest need, but he's a top three talent, and you get him at number four, so can't complain about that. Uh, when you pick this high, sometimes you just take the best player that's out there and you don't need to fill a need necessarily. So look for Suggs and Zach Brown to form an awesome tandem in the middle linebacking position for the Cardinals. At number five, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I thought they were going to take the best pass rusher available here in Barry Blaylock. Uh, they go for another luxury pick, take Brian Gibson. Uh, I get... Here in the top five, you see a playmaker, you grab a playmaker. I mean, these are all playoff teams picking here. They're luxury picks. Uh, so you don't have to draft for need. They can just take whoever they think is going to best help their team going forward. So the Bengals taking Barry Blaylock at five. At number six, uh, we had our first trade of the draft. Uh, the Redskins traded up from number eight with the Chargers. Uh, they moved down two spots to select Deontay Torbor, uh, defensive tackle. Uh, they swap third and fifth rounders next year. The Redskins want to move up and grab the best defensive lineman in the draft as they're moving to a 4-3. They needed a second defensive tackle. Uh, There's a lot of question of what was going to be going on in front of them. They knew the Raiders and the Chargers both looking to move their picks. So they eliminate that risk, move down two spots, two rounds in next year's drafts, and get the player they want, defensive tackle Deontay Torbor. Raiders coming in at number seven. They also make a trade with the Broncos. Broncos had three first-round picks. You figure when they're trading up this high, they would be going after their quarterback that they need on that team, but they don't. They instead grab first offensive lineman off the board, left tackle James Garcia. Uh, they gave up a third-rounder to move that far. Raiders looking just to acquire ta as much talent as they can in this draft, try and turn over that roster. So they figure a third-round pick. And hopefully there's still premier talent there at 18 to grab whoever they want. At number 8, we have the Chargers who had just dropped back two spots. They move again. The Patriots, who didn't have a first-round pick, giving up their second and third-round picks this year, plus a first next year. This is the first blockbuster trade of this draft. Pat's going all-in this year with this move. But they grab right tackle Frederick Garrard. Uh, not sure if right tackle is what they need to get him over their hump. Uh, but when they got Eli Manning, he's getting up there in years. Uh, Luke Keekley, but other than that, that roster is kind of poor. So 
if they're going to get that Super Bowl, they figure they got to make that move now. Well, they still have a franchise QB, so Patriots, big moves up to number eight and grabbing right tackle Frederick Garrard. At number nine, the Bengals with their second top ten pick. And I thought they were going to go middle linebacker Rayshon Suggs here. Uh, he's already gone at number four. They do take their pass rusher right outside linebacker Barry Blaylock. Blaylock's a terror in the backfield. Uh, Bengals only had three picks, but with the first two picks being halfback Brian Gibson and right outside linebacker Barry Blaylock, they're making the most of them by getting two premier talents in this draft. At number 10, the Chargers. I thought they'd be looking to replace Mike Evans, so they lost in their blockbuster trade with the uh, the Bengals. Instead, they take the best player off their board, and that's outside linebacker Santiago Forsett. They could use more outside linebacker depth at number 10. Uh, they just grabbed the best player available, and they figured that their wide receiver is going to be there where they want him later in the draft. At number 11, you had the Redskins again. I thought they were going defensive back, grabbed Gant Shivers. But they don't. Instead, they take cornerback Ishaq Humphrey. Uh, they really like this kid. He ran a 4-4-4-40. They see him as a true number one corner. There's no good free safeties in the draft, which they really need. So they figure by grabbing the best cornerback that's still left on the board, that'll give them some flexibility in the defensive backfield. At number 12, we have probably the biggest blockbuster of the entire draft. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Moving up with the, to the Pittsburgh Steelers spot at number 12. They gave up a backup QB and some other pieces. Uh, but the big news here is in some moves with the Dolphins. They give up quarterback Matt Ryan, a bunch of other pieces, swap spots. And now they need a quarterback for the future after their team uh, had a front office dispute with Matt Ryan. Weren't happy with this play. Fell in love with Luke Barton as the season progressed. They see star potential with him. And they're going to grab their quarterback of the future right here at number 12. Luke Barton is their man. At uh, number 13, uh, Panthers are probably hoping Luke Barton would fall one more spot to them. He doesn't. Uh, they still got plenty of other great pieces around him. Uh, they're going to have to lean on Le'Veon Bell. So they're going to go interior offensive line, grab left guard Alexander Paulson, first guard off the board, probably the best one in the draft. And it makes sense if you're not going to have that QB passing attack, you got to be able to move bodies up front and get space for Le'Veon. Uh, number 14, we go back to Jacksonville. They needed help at cornerback. They did get Jalen Ramsey from the Dolphins as part of those blockbuster moves. Uh, but at number 14, with no first-round cornerbacks available, I said they take the best defensive back available. Uh, fall for life, strong safety, Gant Shivers, great safety. He's going to help out a lot in the defensive backfield. At number 15, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, with Alexander Paulson off the board, they grab a different uh, left guard. They're going to get Kendall Kowalski here at this pick. Same idea. They're beefing up the interior of their offensive line. Uh, they're going to have to open up running lanes. Alex Smith's their quarterback. Probably not going to be pushing it down the field. So you've got to move those bodies up front. At number 16, the Colts. I thought they would go outside linebacker. Uh, they're hoping one of the top linebackers in the draft would fall to them. They didn't. They're going to help out Russell Wilson and grab a projected number one overall pick by some left tackle, Gabriel Whitlock. And if at number 16 you're getting a projected top player available, you're doing pretty well for yourself in the draft. At number 7, the Jets. With Darby gone, the Jets still pick up needed wide receiver help for luck and somebody learned behind Larry Fitz. He's a good character kid, great production, has the size of a future number one wide receiver. That's DeMarco Lawton out of Miami. At number 18, the Broncos. 
no longer have this pick after trading with the Raiders and moving down. Uh, so the Raiders here at 18, uh, if you're going to take the best player available, uh, protect the big investment they made in the young quarterback Marcus Mariota. They grab left tackle Emmanuel Roberts. Uh, they need a lot of help in different places, but just taking the best player available and trying to keep that quarterback clean. At 19, we don't have the Falcons anymore. The Cardinals trade back up in the first round, and they're going to grab their big body receiver, uh, Devin Germany. They didn't go receiver at four. They knew the wide receiver they wanted could fall later in the round. You start seeing a couple other wideouts go, and you just make the move, grab the one you want. And you can't teach size that Germany has. At number 20, the Chargers, their last first-round pick. And they're going to take Lynn Prather, right end. Uh, Talent-wise, he's not really a reach, but the production wasn't there this season. He dropped down the board. Uh, teams were keying in on him, so he's facing double teams all year. It's a little higher than he's expected to go after his production, but with so few talented ends this year, the Chargers grabbed the number one end in this year's draft with Lynn Prather. At 21, uh, the Lions are going to take wide receiver Kirkland Trent out of Miami. Uh, it's a little surprising he wasn't the first Miami receiver off the board, uh, but he is one of the top three uh, remaining players on the big board, and he'll give the Lions their third dynamic weapon out of, outside of receiver with uh, Randall Cobb and Kenny Britt. At 22, we have the Packers taking defensive tackle LaMichael Stills, and this is the first pick I got right outside of the top two. Uh, makes too much sense here. He's one of the top three defensive linemen available. Helped shore up the defensive line that needed a lot of help. So just really a good value pick and a smart pick by the Packers. And I followed that up at number 23 with the Bucks taking strong safety DJ Barkley. So I'm back-to-back -back correct picks here by Uncle Kielbasa. Uh, defensive Heisman winner. Is top five in the draft board. False 23. There's questions about his ability translating to the next level coming from Florida A&M. Uh, zone coverage wasn't that great. And the big question is, is he more than just a human missile coming over the middle? Can he play the position? At number 24, we have the Buffalo Bills. I thought they would go interior line, but Kendall, Kendall Kowalski's already gone. Uh, they had a couple other needs. But they just don't make many 6'5 receivers, so they grab wide receiver Fernando Riley. He ran a 4-4. You watch his highlight film, it's as good as anyone's. Uh, so the Bills have to be excited to adding him to their outside aerial attack. At 25, we no longer have the Jags after that blockbuster trade. Instead, we got the Steelers picking here for the first time in the first at 25. And they're going to take wide receiver Dillard Falk. They started to see a lot of wide receivers coming off the board, so they go get theirs. He's a smooth route runner, solid hands, not a burner, but he's a plug-and-play right into the slot. At 26, the Seahawks taking Artavius Darby. That is just beef up front. Uh, he struggled at times to open up lanes for Melvin Gordon last year, so they're hoping that Darby's going to be a mauler up front. It'll make Gordon's job a lot easier. At 27, the Minnesota Vikings select Kevon Tate. Again, back-to-back -back picks by Uncle Kielbasa here, pulling it off. Uh, it's another pick that makes just too much sense. They've got the young QB in Carson Wentz, two number one wide receivers, AP. Uh, you add Tate over the middle, who do you cover? Uh, their defense might be a little suspect, so they figure if they're going to win, it's with offense. And they're going to get that job done with Kevon Tate. At 28, you have the Broncos. You know, they had a big need at middle linebacker. Sam Barrington's not cutting it. Instantly, he's going to become your starter. Uh, so the first two first-round picks, they go one offense, one defense, just trying to turn over that roster a little bit. 
At 29, we have the Dolphins via the Jags via the Steelers. The way this pick was changing hands, I didn't think anyone wanted to pick at 29. Uh, but here we have them taking wide receiver Emmanuel Birch. And I think this is the biggest reach here in the first round. Not too bad to get to 29. But I had a fourth round grade on him. Uh, some thought he could go as early as the second, especially when the season started. But he never really rowed you or did anything spectacular. I know they needed help at wide receiver. There's better players available. Why not roll the dice on Quinston Maddu, the big redshirt sophomore at Ohio State who had a monster season? So I really hated this pick, but maybe it'll turn out for them. Who knows? Uh, at 30, we have the Giants taking halfback Kawhi Mickens. Uh, after trading Ezekiel Elliott last year, they grab another young number one back. Uh, they were hit hard by the injury bug last year. They lost uh, Jameis Winston for eight games. But this is a young football team. It should be a lot better. And they gave Jameis his young partner in the backfield back after trading Elliott last year with Kawhi Mickens. At 31, we have the Broncos. I thought they would take quarterback Raymond Solstead here. He's still available on the board. But they're looking at the potential here of their two bookend tackles here in the first round. Uh, Pickens is projected number one to start the year. Ran into some issues, but he could still be your franchise left tackle. There's a lot of potential here, so if they can turn him around, they've really turned that offensive line around here in one round of one draft. At 32, we have the Falcons via the Cardinals. Uh, they're going to use this last pick in the first on right tackle, uh, Kevin DeLong. A little bit of a reach on him. I had him in the mid-second, but he fills a big knee. Liked an outside linebacker to fall, but there's not any worth taking this spot. Uh, I liked Richard Bautista a lot more here, but clearly they thought Kevin DeLong's their guy. So here at the end of the first, they take who they want. So what's left on the big board here? My number one player available is halfback Jawan Frey. People doubted him all year. I had him as a top 10 talent, but it really wasn't until his pro day the majority of scouts were giving him a first or second round grade. So somebody will get lucky here in the second with first round talent and Jawan Frey falling to them. Uh, we also have at number two, Rayshon Good. I had him projected to go top five, fell a little bit. Uh, he's a great athlete, had an excellent combine. Scouts were seeing some red flags when they were watching the tape. He was out of position a lot, can't always get off blocks. But he's a pure athlete. If you can coach him up, you'll make him a good football player for your team for years to come. Number three, we have Richard Bautista. You know, I'm a little surprised to see two right tackles go in the first, and Bautista wasn't one of them. He's not perfect by any means, but he's got a solid frame, good knee bend, quick strike from his hands. So the pieces are there to turn him into a franchise right tackle. Number four, left guard Gianni Hawley. He's a solid guard, but guards aren't sexy picks, as we, as we all know. So not surprised that he's not taking the first, even though we saw three different guards go. Uh, but he will make somebody's football team a lot better here somewhere early in the second. And at number five, left tackle Devin Bowen. Uh, he's a small school left tackle, has good film. The question is, will he translate? He had a good combine, played well at the Senior Bowl, but you just never really saw him against elite competition as he was playing at a small school. So Devin Bowen could be a home run or a big swing and a miss, but we'll see here. So I hope everyone has a great rest of their draft, and I will see you later with a draft recap and grades on all the 32 teams. Uncle Kielbasa pulling out.